No whammy, stop! Stop it, What's happening, guys? Welcome to a bonus edition of the Dynasty Warzone. My name is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. On tonight's show, it is a continuation. It is a bonus. It is extra. It is gratis. It is more than you paid for, which was nothing, so you're welcome. But uh, a little bit more of Dynasty Breakouts that are actually Dynasty Fakeouts. But who's not going to fake you out is my co-host. No, it is not, in fact, the man of the hour. And the man with the power, Jerry, is working, paying those gimmicks they send in the mail called bills. It is our producer. Now, you have not met this man, but he has made the Dynasty Warzone spin behind the scenes. The good folks at Player Profiler have been courteous and kind enough to give us a producer. And as we get used to working together, I really expect good things from the show. Uh, Kevin, I know you're, I can spell your last name. How do I pronounce it? Because I don't want to call you something that you're not. Smick, S-M-I-C-K. So, just like it sounds like I was going to say. It's it, it, simple, it, man. It's simple. It's just going to say Smick. It rhymes with yeah. stick. But Mr. Smick is our producer. Now, how, how did you come to be our producer it was just like they said hey i want to be a producer how did you do that so i reached out to mount out to matt kelly and i just said hey i love fantasy football i just want to do something in it i don't care what it is he goes hey you do any video work i said i could figure it out sure he said hey would you like to be a producer I said absolutely sounds great uh what times are good for you he hooked me up with seth diewald and uh I said Sunday nights are about the best time possible for me and hooked me up with your show. And, I was, and it's been the best thing ever. So it's been a fun, what, month and a half, maybe something like that. It's been, it's been awesome so far. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my story. Yeah. You, you've been spinning us behind the wheels. You've been actually at the controls. So for those that watch on the dynasty Warzone channel, you need to go over and check out the player profiler YouTube channel because Kevin's behind the scenes. You're not going to see a smiling face. And if you're a normal player profiler, maybe you listen to the player profiler podcast and you're just curious to see what our podcasting producer looks like. Go over to the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. Check it out. But this is why you subscribe to all four places. Four? Four. Yeah. The number of horsemen. They're fantastic. Four. You subscribe to four places. It's Dynasty Warzone YouTube, player profiler YouTube. You'll never miss audio content. If you go to the Player Profiler podcast channel and the Dynasty Warzone podcast channel, because if you were Dynasty Warzone only, you got both pods. But if you're Player Profiler only, you only got one. That's why you subscribe to two spots. Again, uh, I like to compare it to a Brazilian steakhouse. You ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse, Kev? I have, where they like flip it up if you're green or not. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Just keep them coming. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got like the little block. It looks like a giant <laughs> dice, yep. but like, but I think it's a die actually. But no, like no dots. Right. Green means bring me more food. Red means I'm good. Red means I'm good. So as you're listening to Player Profiler or the Dynasty War Zone audio or podcast channels, if you see something in your feed, you're like, man versus machine. That sounds interesting. I'm going to listen. Or the the trade gods or whatever that is. Maybe you give her a listen. Maybe you turn the little square to red and you just delete it out of your podcast queue. But if you're subscribed, you're never going to miss the Dynasty War Zone, and we appreciate you stopping by. So I, I do have bad news, though, Kevin. I have bad news for you. Oh, boy. What's that? You know, um, 
I, I didn't make it to Twitter the last couple, and I don't feel bad about that part. I've not been to Twitter really the last couple of days to look for you know some good people, bad tweets. So as we and normally in June and July, they're plentiful because there's not a lot going on. But uh, so so Dana White's mad at me right now. Federal prison. Federal fucking prison. Yeah, Dana, I'm I'm really sorry that I. Uh, that's you. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's my job, right? Yeah. But, but see, that's the thing is that we I have been blocked on Twitter by people before. A lot of people get twisted up when you know they wind up on good people bad tweets. I'm like, don't make bad tweets. You won't wind up on good people. That's how it works. It's simple. It's it is that simple. It's my. I always talk about baseball on this podcast. That's what my old baseball coach used to say. He'd clap his hands and go, it's that simple, fellas. It's that simple. You don't make bad tweets. You don't wind up on good people, bad tweets. Or or if I don't have time to search the interwebs to find bad tweets, you also don't get bad tweets. So let's, let's jump into the body of the show real quick. We are going to talk about some more rookies and year two and year three guys that we just don't think are going to make the breakout. I think a lot of people, a lot of services think they're they're going to break out, and I just don't see it. And again, we had see Jerry and I had three, and we threw in Chig Conquo and Traylon Burks as bonuses based off the DeAndre Hopkins news. We can even lump Chase Brown in there too, to be quite honest, because with Joe Mixon getting re-signed and not getting suspended sure. or drawn and quartered or whatever the hell people thought was going to happen to Joe Mixon. He, he's still a thing, so that really uh, puts a, a, a bummer on on Chase Brown. So he's not going to be a guy, but we have six fresh guys. Think about that. You got nine the other day. You're going to get six more today, and we got a surprise at the end of the show. But uh, as I like to do, Kev, the guest goes first. Let's go. You're the new guy. New guys are called rookies. Let's, right. go with, let's go with the rookie guys. Who is a rookie that a lot of people are – are thinking is going to be a breakout, but you think it's going to be a fake out. They're not actually going to fire in year one. Sure. So my thought process leans almost pre-NFL draft, reason why I'm picking this guy. A lot of hype uh, pretty much after the top, the big two with Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. People were slotting him in immediately after him. He's the RB3. He's the RB3. I even saw some crazy takes taking him over uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, and that's Roshan, Roshan Johnson of the, the Bears. Um, so Roshan Johnson, obviously we all know he's Bijan's backup. Uh, senior, four-year player. Um, goes to the Bears. Uh, you know, Speaking of the podfather, Matt Kelly always talks about draft capital. And I think a lot of people expected Roshan to go maybe round two, round three, the latest. You know, Definitely a day two pick. Well, we went in the middle of the fourth round and... I think we kind of need to take the NFL. I don't, you know, obviously there's some late picks that always turn out, obviously, but I think we got to kind of see that as a trend, be like, you know what? So anyway, you know, going in the fourth round, um, being paired up with, so being in Chicago, being paired up with Justin Fields. um, So yeah, anyway, like I was saying, people were saying he was maybe the RB3 coming out, which I thought that was a little much. Um, it's almost like the less is more, so you haven't seen him a ton. So it's just like, well, we haven't seen it from this guy yet. I mean, his yards per carry were pretty solid, um, pretty solid athlete. But I just think my main takeaway with this is that I believe that, you know, the three-headed monster, I think, you know, everybody's excited to draft 
Roshan right now. People want to trade for him in Dynasty. Um, and where LS, I think that might be a nicer bet in the future. I think early on and early dividends with Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman are going to be kind of a struggle. And I, I want to be surprised to see even Deontay Foreman lead this backfield after so many years. And, and another thing on I've seen constantly on Twitter is is everybody's like, oh, well, this is going to be Roshan Johnson's backfield by week four. I just have some hesitancy towards that. I think that Khalil Herbert was pretty, pretty good last year. Um, I don't actually see this being a backfield that has a clear guy. I think they'll rotate them in. All three are very qualified to do so. I think the smart teams also do rotate backs. Uh, so I don't think there's a bell cow situation here, which I think everybody's kind of hyped up to be like, you know, the late round uh, running back and the sleeper guy. I just don't see that paying dividends. That's kind of where I'm at with him. I'll let you go from there with that. No, I, I, I'm a Roshan guy. Um, I don't necessarily disagree that there's concern. I do think that Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman are a small bar to cross. I think Deonta Foreman's on a one-year deal. I like Khalil Herbert. I don't know that he's necessarily a frontline runaway bell cow starter. My my bigger concern is the passing volume. I yes. could, I mean, as the more the NFL shifts. It's the whole reason why running backs aren't getting paid right now. The, and who? And, and right now, do you know who the the two highest paid running backs are right now? Uh, would it be Derrick Henry? Uh, and... No, it, it's Christian McCaffrey and oh, yes. um, not. You said Derrick Henry, and that threw me off. But it, it's really the guys who can catch passes. It was Joe Mixon was in the mix, right? No pun intended. But the guys who can. That's why I like Joe Mixon. Yeah. You know, I've been on Joe Mixon all year and people have been like, well, Joe Mixon's running, you know, things have been so bad. His running efficiency. I was like, I don't care. I don't care about rushing. I want targets. I, I really want the the ability to go get targets. And, and I don't know that they're going to get a lot of those. And Justin Fields is going to steal a bunch of rushing yards and a bunch of rushing touchdowns. So even if the... RB1 is worth worth rostering in Chicago. I don't know that it's going to be tremendous. So it's sure. kind of crowded. It's it's kind of a mixed volume. It's a running quarterback. I mean, forgive me if I'm getting like James Cook from last year vibes. Is is that a fair is, is that fair to say? I do. Yeah, I think that's it's cuz he was the same way last year. He was super hyped up and everybody cuz like, you know, he's a pretty talented guy just I don't know if it's it's more of a committee and just kind of an ugly backfield. And, and back to my point and your point with Fields, I just think that with a running quarterback, it's going to take away some touchdowns no matter who you are. And that's just, you know, Fields is dominant in the red zone as well. And I just see that continuing, obviously. And even whoever does surpass and takes over the backfield, I still think that's probably going to be a problem. And one more thing on Khalil Herbert, he was the RB1 the one week he started. I don't think that's sustainable, obviously, at all, but – just a note that that did happen at least. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm looking right now at targets to the running backs for the Bears roster last year. And David Montgomery, who's obviously in Detroit now, had 34 receptions on 40 targets. So you're talking two and a half targets a game and, and, and two receptions a game. Khalil Herbert had 12 targets, nine receptions. Treston Ebner, eight targets, two receptions. And Darrington Evan one target, one reception. And then some guy named 
Kari Blassengame had one target. So total, the Bears had 62 total targets to the running back position. And that's with Fields not playing every game. Like I wasn't able to, I guess, itemize this or break it down to the granular right. level. But, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking three and a half targets per game, 46 total receptions from the running backs last year. We're talking about two and a half a game. If I'm not getting receptions, I'm not going to give you love. And that's going to make it super, super bummer because I believe in Roshan Johnson. Maybe, maybe he can make for it make up for it in other ways, but not a guy. <clears throat> I'll have to edit that out of the actual podcast, but <laughs> had a little, little frog in my throat. Um, the, the guy that, that I'm fading from the, the rookie class is, is going to be Sam Laporta. Just too many, and I know it's cliche, too many mouths in the kitchen. So I'm going to mix up a bunch of, uh, a bunch of cliches so that you can't hit me with a cliche alert. Cliche alert. You know, they, they they traded, and I think it's smart. Why not continue to bring in guys? I mean, Marvin Jones is old. Josh Reynolds, I think is he, he's the one that's still there. They cut another guy due to gambling. But Josh Josh Reynolds is Josh Reynolds old. is still there. Marvin jo Jones is still yeah, there. Yeah, Marvin yeah. Jones, because th there was another gentleman. Uh, can't remember, but anyway, doesn't really matter. He's not on our Dynasty roster, so who gives a shit? Um, but Jones, Reynolds. Jamison Williams will be back. They brought in Marvin Mims. I have a pretty good inkling that Jamar uh, Gibbs is going to be involved in the passing game. What's that really leave over for Sam Laporta as a rookie? Now, he's got decent draft capital, but even the best rookies, even the most talented rookies, you know, it really takes the most perfect ideal scenario for a rookie tight end to break out. And I would say the last rookie tight end that actually broke out People could be like, oh, well, Kyle Pitts had a 1,000 yards. Great. Good. He was like tight end six. You know, yeah. fine. I'll give you a tight end six season as a breakout as a rookie. I, I, I won't, argue, I won't you know, split hairs. It was Evan Ingram, you know, six or seven years ago when he was with the Giants. Just for me, too, too many, you know, people there don't know what the target distribution is going to be. He doesn't have the most stellar profile on, on player profiler. Do you know who his most comparable player is? I do not. Dalton Keene. <laughs> oh, I don't think Dalton. I don't think Dalton. Good. I don't think Dalton Keene's in the league anymore. So can Sam Laporta be a thing? He can. Very dominant in college. Seventy ninth percent dominator rating in college. Broke out at twenty and a half years old. So good spark X score. I mean, he's got some things going for him, but just not enough to make me want to go out and get him. Uh, if I could move him for some of the other, like I would, I would love, like if you've already done your rookie draft, I would love to go move Sam Laporta and get Luke Musgrave. I think a lot more of Luke Musgrave than than I do a Sam Laporta. And I know the the contrarian listener will go, well, what about Jaden Reed and Christian Watson and Romeo Dubes? And I, I understand that, but those guys aren't established threats like Marvin Jones like Jamison Williams. And I didn't even mention, I, I feel like a dumbass, Amon Ross St. Brown. I didn't even mention the sun god. How about him? Goes, he's goes without good. saying. Goes without he's saying. good last time I checked. Yep. Hold on, hold on. I'm checking. Yeah, he's good. So so not a lot to go around. A lot of guys that are going to work in that short to intermediate area. I just don't see it, even though Detroit's going to put the ball in the air a lot. I don't predict much of a rookie season for Sam Laporta. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, for sure. My... My take on rookie tight ends, this is very bland, but I just, 
I avoid them. I basically will pass them in a draft um, and then trade for them later when I know that they definitely are guys. I don't mind paying a little extra to get someone. Like, for example, like TJ Hawkinson right now. Like, I don't mind paying for someone like TJ. It took some years to get there, but, no, I totally agree. Um, and 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 it's it's not like you can't go get them later. I mean, I, right. have prob- I have probably said this guy's name 705 times this offseason, but a guy that I'm really stoked for right now is Trey McBride. Yeah. Didn't do much last year. Had a couple of nice games down the stretch once Zach Ertz got hurt. And, and now I think it's his time. So to your point, I would rather fade the rookie running back, or excuse me, the rookie tight end now, and then go back and try to get him next year. Because in, in tight end premium formats, you probably paid a second last year for Trey McBride. And if that person's not like madly in love with Trey McBride, you can probably get him for a song. So that's the same sure. thing I would be looking to do with Sam Laporta. But who who is your second-year guy? Who was a rookie last year that you think is going to come back and do some good stuff? Or not if, do some good stuff? Right, right. So I don't know if I'm going to get some slack for this one, but mine's Rashad White. Um, and, and we were talking pre-show. I think I know. You're definitely going to get some from me. <laughs> so, I know. So, so it's going to start right here. We'll see where it goes from there. I think there's more or less trends from – he had his opportunity last year, and I don't think he capitalized enough. His best game was, I would say, against Seattle. Well, rushing-wise, when he was in London, they just kept feeding the ball, kept feeding the ball. I think they were pissed off at Leo at that time. But the thing is, the receptions will be there, I think, regardless. They're just going to dump to him. But I don't know if the – I don't think the touchdowns are going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure how good he is in the red zone. It, to me, he just seems like – a little slower, and, and like you know, you read he look at his uh, profile, player profiler. He he's very fast, very athletic. But you watch him, it just it doesn't play to that. If that makes sense. Um, basically, with Rashad White, I think another thing I just do in general in fantasy redraft or dynasty is I just try to fade bad offenses. Um, and I think with Baker Mayfield leading the charge, I don't care. You know they're just not going to put up plays or or points or even get out enough plays out. Uh, so that that struggles for me for Rashad White. I traded him in a league last year uh, in a win now moment. I I received actually uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I regret it at the time. I'm not going to lie, but at this point I'm like you know I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, when you watch him, he he gives you like Lev Bell vibes almost with his patience, but I don't think he's just like quick enough or can read the holes as well. He kind of has that same running style. But I just I just there's no one in that backfield which would really made this very tough for me to to pick this. I mean Chase Edmonds, who I was very excited about forever, uh, just isn't the guy. Um, so to me, Rashad White, bad offense. The offensive line was horrendous last year. And really, they haven't done a single thing to change that at all. Um, they even traded uh, their offensive guard. It was a Shaq Mason. I forget which guy. But, um, yeah, just to me, just there's just too many things. He can catch all the dump-off passes in the world. I don't just see how, like, I just have been played out by bad offenses enough. And actually, I'm just kind of convinced that Rashad White's actually just not good. Do, do you remember when James Robinson was like RB5 his rookie season with like a crappy Gardner Minshew yeah. and, a, and a crappy offense. You know, I, I think this kid's good. Now, for me, um, I tell my son all the time, and this is just like that dad-style advice, is that 
you know, you are the culmination, the, the, the accumulative of the five people you spend the most time with. And I clearly feel the effect of being around the pod father more and more and more. And I saw it on my Scott Fishbowl drafting and, and I've seen it. But, you know, it's it's always good to take in other opinions. I think that is a sure. how you I think that's how you fall behind in an industry. And I think how it's you, how you grow old. When you get so set in your ways that you think that you have all the answers, none of us have all the answers. It's the wisdom of crowds. None of us know as much as all of us. But for me, Rashad White is the ultimate pump and dump stock. You ever heard of the pump and dump they used to do on the boiler rooms in, in New York City? Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, Wobistics. If you're an old Sopranos fan like me, you're a Jersey guy. You, you should, should have watched some Sopranos. That was the <laughs> stock in the show. They were doing a pump and dump. That's Rashad White for me. So I do like him, but he's 24 and a half years old. Right. And, 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 but that's not the reason why I'm going to fade him as a breakout this year. No quarterback in the league checks down more by percentage than Baker Mayfield. And this is a guy last year who caught 50 balls. Didn't get 50 targets. He's already averaging three catches a game on a 17-game season, and he didn't play all the games. He wasn't even the starter. So this is a bad team. They're going to be behind, and we've all seen it. We're degenerates. We love fantasy football. Let me let me let me uh, let me paint a narrative for you. Let me paint a tapestry with words. It's a late Monday night. It's about eleven fourteen p.m. You have to work the next day, bright and early, but you have a fantasy football matchup for the week on the line, and you're not going to bed until this game is over. And you know what? It's twenty eight to seven. 28 to 7. You just need the game to end. You're doing great. And, and what keeps happening? Check down to the running back. Check down to the running back. Check down to the running back. And, and Rashad White is probably going to have four or five games like that alone this year. And, and that's fine with me. I, I do like that the other targets are good, but they're they're not plentiful. You have Chris Godwin. I love Chris Godwin. He does fit the game the way that Baker Mayfield plays it, but I really don't believe Mike Mike Evans does. Yeah. And who else fits the way that Baker Mayfield plays the game? Again, last year, Baker Mayfield checked down 11.6% of his attempts. 11.6. So if, if, if he – and that's checkdowns. Forget design passes. That's checkdowns. We're talking about a guy that could get well over 100 targets easy. I understand why you would fade him. I think it's smart to fade all – bad offenses. I would say that if you were going to try to fade Brian Robinson for the exact same reasons, cool, because Brian Robinson is not heavily involved in the passing game. I right. think I would I think I would have been more in lockstep with you, but he was the fourth wide receiver off of the NFL draft board the year it came out and went him, I'm sorry, it went Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, and then him. And if Rashad White outscores all these guys this year, Brees Hall, because he's going to be coming off of the knee injury, and the other two guys just because of the situations they're in, I'm not going to be surprised. So I don't agree, but I understand how you came to your conclusion. I think mainly I'm just worried that he's not a bell cow. I think that's just – and maybe he is just a third down back. Are which... you worried about Sean Tucker? No. Kayshawn Vaughn? Do you think a team that's not going to be any good is going to bring back Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt? I do not. And that's the, then, then he's a bell cow. I, I, someone's, I, just someone else is going to get the carries. I just, I, I, 
I, I mean, here as a as a guy who deep down wants to believe in Sean Tucker, I hope you're kind of right. right. Yeah, I, I hope you're kind of right, but I don't think you are. I'm I'm going to jump into my my second year guy here in just a second myself. I just want to take a minute to tell you about the patron patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone i haven't brought it up a lot and it's not because it's not great i truly believe it's it's special and we have the best group of ladies and gents in the world we just wrapped up our 18th patron dynasty league and it's got special bells and whistles we have one i know patron 14 is a soccer style relegation league and like the the last place team in every division gets moved down and the first place team in every division moves up. We've got 16 GMs. We're putting pods of four. It's really cool. And and the leagues aren't super expensive. So if you say to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to get into a dynasty league. Hey, I've really enjoyed this show. I don't want to spend 50 bucks at the FFPC. I don't want to spend 50 bucks at Sleeper. Spend 10 bucks. You know, you, you got to be a patron. So it is five bucks a month. But literally today, Kevin, literally today, I went to the gas station with my son as we were heading to our baseball game, and I got like a big bottle of water because it was still fairly warm here today. We only played, you know, two games, so you want to have a big bottle of water. It was four fifty nine for a big old bottle of smart water. So for about the cost of a big bottle of water, you can come be a patron at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Great group chat, great group of people. And I think you would really enjoy it. Check it out. If you have any questions, you can DM me at DWZ Memphis. Be more than happy to try and answer those questions. Now, my guy that I don't think is going to break out there this year is going to be Tyquan Thornton. I don't see volume. I, I, re, I really, really don't. And I, I think if we look back and he's just the guy who runs a bunch of go routes, stretches the field. He is fast. He's fast as a bitch. I mean, he's he's moving out there. But you don't bring in Mike Gusecki as a tight end. You don't bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. You, um, and they basically traded J- not um, Jacoby Myers. And um, there, there was another guy that they brought in. And I, and I see him as a good producer. Kevin's looking for me right now. But you don't – and then they were allegedly in on DeAndre Hopkins. You don't continue to make those kind of moves, those kind of inquiries – if you're really satisfied with a guy like take twice, you mean uh, uh, Devonte Parker, Devonte Parker. Well, I forgot about him in general, but they, they, they basically flip flopped Juju. Uh, Ju- Juju. And then there was another generic slot wide receiver Kendrick, that came Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is a sack of misfit toys yeah. and, and could Tyquan Thornton take the, the bull by the horns. And I mean, I, I guess the fact that the wide receiver room is so generic that it, it, he may be able to, he may be able to break out just by lack of target competition or lack of real talent around him. But I just don't see it. You know, he might hit a home run if you're in a dynasty best ball league. Okay, I guess. Yep. You know, but but some of the guys that went in that draft class yet last year around him, you know, Sky Moore. I listened to the Podfather and Alan Zaslowski and Theo talking about. Sky Moore the other day and my nips got tingly because they, they were breaking it down. You know, it came out of camp and I don't want to, it's not quite news or noise time yet with camp, but they were really high on Sky Moore the first couple of days of camp. And I was going to talk about, you know, with, with my rookie, I was going to talk about Rishi Rice. You know, he was out there puking on the sidelines, but 
you know, I'm going to chase a volume. I'm going to chase. This is where I'm chasing good offenses. It's like I, I almost picked Christian. I mean, excuse me, not um, not Christian Watson, Alec Pierce. Yeah, just because I don't see where the volume comes from. So whether it's whether it is Valus Jones, Jalen Tolbert, Tyquan Thornton, all these guys, bad offenses, you know, pass for me. It's just. I would much rather invest in like a rookie and have a little bit more unknown than to have seen the guy for a year and be like, I am super unimpressed because you're not going to get anything for him. So uh, you're not going to get rid of him, but he's not going to break out. Sure. This is actually a guy that uh, on player profiler has a hundred percentile 40 yard dash 4.28. So, I mean, you know, the type of player you're getting, it's, it's a, I mean, his most comparable player is Chosen Robbie Anderson, uh, Deshaun Jackson. I'm just did you call him Chosen Robbie Anderson? That's how they have their own. Uh, sir, I don't care. This is the Dynasty War Zone. He may want to be called Chosen. His mama named him Robbie. We're going to call him Robbie. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie Anderson, shout out Temple. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, just this type of player, I, I always fade this type of player as well. This is my least favorite profile in Dynasty. You just never know when the boom week's going to be. Like you said, if it's a best ball, absolutely. Throw it out there, no question. Um, but to me, just like this offense is gross. Mac Jones hopefully takes a big leap. But, I mean, this receiving core was terrible last year. And if, if you're not really getting out there last year, then why would you even get out there this year as well? Um, yeah, I just – the Patriots offense, I'm just like, you know they're going to run the ball a ton. It's just going to be a lot of running. Uh, they're just going to feed Ramondre, and if they sign Leo and whoever else is there. Um, but to me, yeah, no, this is this is a no-brainer. I just, yeah. And, and I hate the lack of agility score. He's in the 12th percentile. He has one of the worst. He's just a straight-line guy. So he's fast, but he's not agile. That's, so he, that's so, crazy. So how do, crazy. You get, how do you get open? You have to run away from people. And you don't really run away from people at the next level at the NFL. So that tied into it, too. All right, who's your third guy? Who's the third-year guy? Because remember, I believe pretty vehemently that if if you don't break out by year three, you're not breaking out. You may, you know, four years from now, if you have a good special teams profile, you might have like a random one-off season. But for the most part, you're not going to break out. So who who is uh, who is heading to the 2024 waiver wire soon? Well, I want to say this, first off. That you, you're two, you and Jerry's Kyle Pitts and Rashad Bateman were the best picks of this by far. Uh, Rashad Bateman is my guy for sure to pick out of all of these lists. That's one of my biggest fades in all of fantasy, honestly. Um, but back to my guy. Um, this is more on the lines of I just don't think I maybe can see it long term, I guess. Um, and, and I think that there's more, just more profiles like this, and he just becomes redundant. And that's uh, Rondale Moore. Um, I was all in on Rondell Moore last year. Um, you know, a lot of injuries got in the way and I don't want to call people out on their injuries. Um, uh, that's just not really fair, but it, I'm almost wondering if this becomes a thing with him. He just kind of just soft tissue injury, soft tissue injury. I mean, he literally was hurt at the beginning of the season and it was like, I was holding him. I was like, he's going to come back. And then he comes back, plays a few games. I think it was like six or seven games out again and they missed the rest of the season. Um, basically still issued issues with a groin. Uh, he had a surgery on this core groin and his pinky after the Cardinals placed him on the reserve in mid-December. 
Um, it's more or less like this type of profile is not sexy, I guess is the word I want to look for. Um, yeah, he, he was a, he was a Debbie guy. A lot of the Debbie yeah. bros, you know, you know, Debbie bros, by the way, a lot like crypto bros, <laughs> only but a handful, only a handful actually ever end up getting rich. I'm it's the same. It's the same people actually. I, I think so. I think, yeah. I think so. And then, um, th then they moved to NFTs, but Right. They do love a shiny college player. No, I remember when Rondale Moore was the next big thing because living yeah. in Indianapolis, you know, Purdue is about an hour, hour and mm -hmm. 15 minutes away from where I live. And great college player. And I didn't mean to cut you off and, and steal your segment on, on Rondale Moore. But for me, it's like it seems like Greg Dortch feels, fills that role a lot better than he does. Mm -hmm. And he stays healthier. So if I have to pick between two guys who do a very similar role, give right. me the cheaper guy. Just just give me the cheaper guy. It, it feels like that makes more sense. So I didn't mean to hijack your your spot. No, you're good. Greg, Greg Dortch was phenomenal last year and very usable. Um, like you said, take the cheaper guy who can stay healthy and pretty much do the same thing. So I just think he's more of a redundant profile, I guess I would say, is what I'm really getting at. I mean, there's tons of like smaller slot guys and – you know, like you said, he was making crazy plays at Purdue and, and just people were just like, man, this guy's nuts. And to add on to kind of what I was saying about Rashad White, I just think his, the, you know, the bad offense, I just think with who knows who's playing quarterback back there until Kyler gets back. And I'm under, this is just what I think. I think maybe there's a chance Kyler doesn't even play and they just sit him out the entire year, which would suck. But that's definitely in the realm of possibility. Just so, like I said, with Rashad White, less plays, less points and you got to be on the field, man. And like, that's not a, like I said, it's just kind of an overall thing for me, but yeah, I'm totally aware yeah. of Greg Dortch. Dorch. Yeah. If you feel like you have to have the, the field stretching guy, get Greg Dortch super yeah. late. I think he was my 22nd pick. If I remember correctly in the Scott fishbowl. Nice. And, you know, and I'll probably wind up dropping him, but I just thought, man, you know what? Why not? He had a couple of nice games last year. I'll tell you who else that, that people are just overrating. And it's that, SEC profile, it's yeah. chasing Patrick Mahomes, it's Kadarius Tony. Mm -hmm. And I don't get it. I got a pop quiz for you. You ready? Sure. Pop quiz, rookie. Your first time ever on a podcast. At least on the first time on my podcast. Is it the first time? Uh for football, yes. Oh, we have a first timer. Um, yeah. how how many games and how many targets do you think Kadarius Tony had during his time in Kansas City? So I'll total get total games played, including the playoffs. I'll give you a little extra. So how many games did he play? And of those games, how many targets did he have? Well, didn't he didn't he struggle to even get on the field for the first That was weeks? not the question. How many games? Uh well, many he was targets? hurt forever, and I remember holding him for a while. I think he ended up playing like four or five games. And then obviously they went to Super Bowl, so they played three playoff games. Uh so we're saying seven games, maybe eight, and I'm gonna go with like three targets per so I'm gonna go twenty-five targets. Well, guys, this is why we have Kevin as our producer. He's damn good at this. He actually played 10 games. He played okay. seven in the regular season. He came in, played three. Then he got hurt because that's kind of his M.O. I forgot it was early. That's right. Yeah. Then he played another four games. Then he played the three playoff games. He had 30. You nailed it. He played 10 games. He averaged three targets a game, had 23 receptions. Nothing really special about that. I mean, his best game... I guess was the New Year's Day game, week uh, 17, the 16th game of the year. He had seven, excuse me, four for 71. 
11 PPR points. You're super excited. Right. For me, you know, the pod father nailed this. You know, he goes to the senior bowl a lot and he's like, he doesn't run routes. He's a guy who who should be playing like a wide receiver or like a running back role right. forced into a wide receiver role. So I, I get it. And I, I don't get why we chase this guy. I don't know if it's because he went to Florida. I don't know if it's because someone used a first round pick on him. I've never seen anything where I said, man, I, I got to go get that. Yep. You know what? He, he had zero hundred yard games last year. Again, his yardage high was 71. Let me ask you a question. How many games do you think he had less than 20 yards receiving? Oh, yeah, he played uh, 10. He played 10 games. How many games did he have less than 70? I'm assuming less than 20 yards receiving. Seven? Um, eight. Wow. His, That's his, crazy. So, so, so here's his yards by game. He had, no, it was seven. You're correct. 71, yeah. 57. 36, 18, 12, 9, 5, 8, 5, 0. Oh, man, that's just crazy. And, and we're, just, we're just like convinced he's going to break out? Give me Sky Moore. Give me Sky Moore. He, he is the fallen star. I agree with the pod father. I, but, you know, I will say he's fallen, but he's also rising because he's starting to get a lot of steam. And as that continues to puff up, He's only going to get more expensive. So I really like Sky Moore. Do not like Kadarius Tony to break out. What do you think? So one thing that stands out to me, I'm on his player profiler page. Do you know who his best who his best comparable is? Um, no. Bruce Ellington. Now that is, is that is that good? That's what I'm saying. Like, so the way we I feel like even myself, and I'm not a Kadarius Tony guy, but like you just like mentally play, rank him above like that type of player, but like that's wild to me. Like that just stood out. Um, so the reason why I think back to your point, why I think you know people, he's why is he so hyped up? Well, eight days ago, uh, Kadarius Tony can be one of the best players in the NFL, says Patrick. According to Patrick Mahomes, talking to the Associated Press, I think like a lot of hype pieces and like you watch them in the playoffs when he does do a play, it's electric. I mean. Um, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was it was incredible. I mean, I'm just like, this guy is so talented, but he just doesn't it just doesn't happen. And just like it's like kind of like with Rondale, like it's it's either injuries or just I think uh partially it's a lot of Andy Reid didn't trust him. He's very much like that for most of his players. Um and I think it takes a it takes a lot for him to be like, you know what, like we trust you down here, especially in the red zone. Um and I just think, like, you know, maybe they just, he's just not the type of character that they're just like, you know, I, I think this is like, you know, like I said, Andy Reid has way better other options, especially when you're looking at Travis Kelsey. I think it's already the best red zone option in the NFL. Um, but the thing is, like, yeah, just like you said, he just consistently underperforms. And I think back to like the Sonic Truth podcast that they had, it just seems like we just, especially with the unknown, like it's, it's an ambiguous backfield. It's an ambiguous receiving core. Like there's really no standalone guy. And everybody's just like, well, he is the first round pick. Why not Kadarius Tony? And I think it's the easy way out, like a cop out essentially just to kind of be like, you know what? Yeah. Like this, this is, this is, is just, let's just do it. It's like a lazy way out. But when you actually watch games and stuff, he's not that at all. Yep, I don't think he's going to be that at all. Well, listen, this went a little bit longer than I thought it would. We gave these people about 45 minutes of some really good podcasts. Uh, 
little bit of a little bit of a shorter show, but we're going to be back on Sunday and we're going to be on Player Profilers YouTube channel Sunday unless you're bored and want to wait all the way until Wednesday morning? You kidding me? Kevin, you can literally listen Sunday evening or Monday. You know, people are like, "Well, Memphis, I don't I can't watch YouTube at work. I can't watch YouTube when I drive in a car." And that's true. You shouldn't. A, you shouldn't get fired. And B, you you definitely shouldn't drive a car and, and watch YouTube. But you know what? If you put in your AirPods and put your phone like in like the little cup on the side of your door, your cup holder or whatever, it still sounds just like a podcast. But you got it two days early. I do this a lot. That's how I listen to the Sonic Truth podcast. It's like, I think it just came out like yesterday, but I I'd already watched it. I watched it live. Right. That's why you subscribe to the YouTube channels. That's why you subscribe to the podcast channels because you always are guaranteed to get it. And in the case of the YouTube, you always seem to get it a little bit early. Well, listen, Kevin and I are going to get out of here. We're going to go jump over and we're going to talk about some of our honorable mentions. We had a handful of guys that didn't just quite make the cut of the main show from Wednesday or this bonus show here on the weekend, but we're going to go jump over and we're going to cover some more. But remember, you're listening to this on Saturday. If you tune into the Player Profiler YouTube channel, you will get the show early. And uh, I'm not ready to tell them yet, Kev. Make them wait. And I broke the news to you. We have an amazing, highly sought-after guest, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So sick, stick around. Kevin, man, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. This was great. Loved it. Had a great time. Good, good time. We're going to go do some more for the patrons. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Check it out. And uh, thanks for the support. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. Take care. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak